Namaste. So nowadays there is so much talk about tolerance and Sanatan Dharma and you know India is a tolerant land and we must be tolerant and all this. First of all, tolerant is uh, is is a very it's not an Indic term, you know. It is nothing like tolerance. Ahinsa, yes, but ahinsa has a different meaning. But um, let's first understand what really Sanatan. You don't have to teach tolerance to Sanatan Dharma. So Sanatan Dharma is the beauty of Sanatan Dharma is um, in in nutshell that. Every let's take just the religion part. I'm not going into all this depth because we have done a 19 series talk. So just in every religion, we'll see there is a core, which is like its own Veda. Veda by that I mean a secret knowledge. Every person who starts a new religion brings a new religion, brings a new light. He has experienced some kind of knowledge which others don't have, and he gives a Veda. Then there is the, the uh, along, along with that an achara sahita. How you should be, your attitudes, your thoughts, your feelings. There all these things comes ahinsa, this, that, hundred things. Different ways, uh, aspects which come, courage, uh, speak the truth, um, be fearless. There are several aspects, be always calm. So there is, there is about the inner being, what your inner being should be. And this inner being, what it should be is only to facilitate your entering into the core. So inner being is like a place where we have to undergo a wash before entering the sanctum sanctorum. If the inner being is not ready, you are not allowed into the sanctum sanctorum. And then there is something still outer which is about the rituals, the rites, the karm kanda, the external, external things. So in Indian thought, all these were put together, seen as one single extension. But what happens over a period of time, the inmost core gets lost. Because while it's so easy to practice Karmakanda, it's difficult to, to an extent, even the inner Achar Sahita, to an extent. But very difficult to live the core because it's based on experience. So therefore in India, as opposed, as differentiated from other religions, especially Semitic religions, this core was kept intact because it allowed for New people to come and testify their experiences and even go beyond. If a yogi discovered something still higher, fair enough. He has discovered something greater. That's how we have Vedas as a compendium of all these highest spiritual realizations. So that's what it means. Vedanta, the highest that man had discovered. So that is how India preserved the core. Whereas religions were after the founder who must have had some experience, we are not doubting or challenging that but over a period of time when the founder is gone there is a crystallization of religion where nobody else is allowed to relive that experience and if somebody relives that experience he is considered a heretic this is what happened in Christianity this is what happened in Islam and therefore they started losing contact with their own soul and then later on just to keep the empty shell intact there comes stress on only the externals forgetting the inner truth so what happens then when there is only the external, the core is lost, then religion starts breeding fanaticism. In India, I must say this is a complete misunderstanding. There are no Hindu fanatics. Because a Hindu who is a Hindu, by the very fact it's inbuilt in him, he will not be a fanatic. So what about these people who suddenly chase away some cow snatches and all? We have to understand that is not fanaticism. Fanaticism is where one is trying to impose one's own culture, 
and one's belief system onto another by force of conversion. This is not there in Indian religion. Nobody has ever done. There is nowadays something called garbapsi, which is a different thing altogether. But nobody, because this is not there. True conversion is inside. It cannot be done by any outside agency. So India knew that. And second thing about India is it's by its nature inclusive. So this tolerant word should be replaced. Not that Sanatan Dharma is tolerant. You can't have a dharma which is tolerant. You can have human beings who are tolerant. Dharma is too big a thing. But Sanatan Dharma is inclusive. Whereas Islam and Christianity and Judaism are exclusive. Especially Islam and Christianity. They are exclusive religions. This is their fault line. If Islam and Christianity admit that, well, there are many approaches to the divine. Just as India accepted. When Christians came and Islam. Islam came, well, there are many approaches. These guys have also found their own. Not knowing that they were sheep in wolf's clothing. Or, what is that? <laughs> wolf in sheep's clothing. Okay, I felt something is amiss. <laughs> well, their clothing was also wolf-like. And actually, this is more true. They came to tear and devour and plunder. And suddenly, after plundering, they became sheep. We are very good guys. They are the ones who have chased. So, actually, the phrase sheep in wolf's clothing is not that wrong. But not to go into that area. Because the difference is why in Indian thought, in Sanatana Dharma, there can be no fanaticism because there is no exclusivity. You can worship Shiva, Rama, this God, that God, no God, Nasadiyasuk. You can worship him as a non-being. You can worship him as the being. You can worship him as Akshar Brahma Parmam. You can worship him as a Nigun, not, not worship him, but you can approach him as Nirgun. You can worship him as, him as Sagun. You can form relations with God. You can equally say he is relationless, featureless, absolute. He is the supreme Purusha, but he is also in Ghat Ghat Kan Kan. How do you make such a religion fanatic? It's just impossible. So that word should not be used because it's just impossible and history is a testimony to that. But then there is the other side of this problem. How does Sanatan Dharma deal with fanatics? Because then immediately it is told tolerant, non-tolerant, you are meant to be inclusive, we are inclusive. So there comes in action Dharma. So Sanatan Dharma has two aspects. Sanatan, universal. It accepts every approach to the divine. You know why even Charvak is included? Not because Charvak is a pure materialist. Charvak says only Pratyaksh is Praman. There are six Pramanas in Indian thought. So he says, I will believe only if I see. It's a different story that he doesn't try to see. But at least he accepts that I accept that I will believe that there is God if I have the Pratyaksh Praman. So he is accepted. The, okay, at least you are accepting that. So how does it deal? So Sanatan is about the universality of the Indic or Hindu thought. All this controversy, Sanatan, Dharma, Hindu, doesn't matter. Hindu is those who practiced. Call them below Hindu Kush in the Valley civilization is irrelevant. But Hindus were the ones who preserved the Sanatan Dharma and there is nothing wrong with saying that. Then the other aspect is Dharma. Dharma relates to action. How do you act? You are universal. Everything is accepted. But... There is the differentiation in action between dharma and adharma. Mother puts it so beautifully. She says in the integral conception of the divine, everything is divine in the highest sense. But how do you act? She says for action you have to differentiate between divine and undivine. So adharma is all that deviates from the core truth. 
So what really is a dharma if we go analyze to its roots? See, there are several truths which we can live by. For instance, individuality. Does Indian thought accept individuality? Yes, it accepts. Individuality is one of the manifestations of the divine. The soul is individual. The divine dwells within the individual. So there is the truth of individuality. But separative ego is not somebody who lives only by the separative ego and says, you can say there is no God, that's fine. But if you say that world is only for me and myself, my kind and my kin, then this is adharma. Because then you are upsetting the balance of the world. It doesn't ask us to believe that you must believe in God, of course. Yoga you require, that's a different story. But when we believe that we are separate and cut off from all the rest of this creation and the creator, then we are entering into the terrain of a dharma. See, this dharma is so beautiful and it's subtle. It's, it's about our inner being, inner state. And this dharma, then we will see it in many places. You may do a good job apparently, like making a vaccine and yet be doing a dharma. Because behind you, it is this thought, separate. World is meant for my devouring. I can devour any amount I want from anyone. Why? Because each of us is a law unto him, oneself. Now, when a dharma takes place, then dharma has to stay it. There are many aspects of a dharma. I am touching mainly the aspect of fanaticism. There are many, many dimensions and I think we have spoken about it. So, this... Whenever there is a dharma, regardless of your belief, your religion, your institution, those who are the bearers of dharma must stop it. Because, see, Ravan is a Shiva Bhakt. Ram is also a Shiva Bhakt. Does Rama say, oh, after all, we are same religion, let's shake hands. He doesn't say that. Whereas those uh, Kapis, Kapishwar, Hanuman, all of them, they don't know about all this. And yet they become his friends and he saves them. So it's not about believing. So Ravan is doing a dharma because he is misusing the scripture for purely selfish ends. Ravan within Lanka, making his uh, Lanka beautiful, uh, Swarna, there is no problem. But Ravana's nationalism, I mean nationalism was not there, but going beyond Lanka, entering into the southern tip, then Kishkinda, then Dandkaranya and going up to Ayudhya, this is not acceptable. Because then that is Adharma. So when each thing is in his own place, it's fine. You have that right. But the moment you transcend it, so it's not that people will call it Dharma and Adharma, but when you are transgressing, so that's what nowadays we talk about freedom of speech. So, according to Indian thought, it is a dharma. If you are transgressing your boundary, and this boundary is not declared, dictated by rule of constitution. See, mental rules have this problem. You can't make them absolute. But Sanatan Dharma brings something which can be applied for all time. Sanatan. So, as long as I have freedom of speech, so long as I don't start abusing you, so long as I don't use it to hurt you, so long as I don't use it to dismember a nation or a group. The moment I do it, it is a dharma. And a dharma must be stayed. By whom? So in Indian thought, 
it was not given to everybody to stay a dharma. There are those who understand the distinction and will point out this is a dharma. Who were they? The Brahmins, the custodians of knowledge of the highest kind. So it was for them to declare boldly, courageously, this is a dharma. And there were the Kshatriyas. Kshatriyas were those who were administrations and in modern language if you have to say, who were the Brahmins who were now in modern language who hold this knowledge. They must be uh, without fear or favor, point out wherever there is something which is uh, adharma. And it's not about uh, your, um, your beliefs, non-beliefs, your likes, dislikes. It is staying within your limits and boundaries. As one of the recent upcoming <laughs> saints, kaide mein raho, faide mein raho. You be within your limits. Do what you want. You want to eat pork, you want to eat this, that is your problem. But don't start stealing somebody else's cows and other things. <laughs> well, this is also sensibilities. Every land has its sensibility. And one must respect it. When I went to Dubai, there was Rosa, Ramzan. So I won't get food anywhere, not even water. And if they were to check your bag and found water, there was a problem. How we managed? We went to the bathroom and knowing that, well, tap water is also... Filtered and you know believing in Lord, Lord take care, we drank water. Now you see because, okay, we didn't say how foolish you are because the sensibility of each place we respect it. So similarly each land has its own sensibility, that's a different dimension to go behind that, there's humanness. But leave aside that humanness, just coming back to Adharma and all those who are in the politician, who are who are in charge of administering administering and governing the society. They are the ones who have to ensure that there is the rule of dharma and not adharma. By whatever means, without fear of favor. It doesn't matter whether you will be called this or you will be called that. In this sense, Gandhi was doing gross adharma. When he allowed the Noah Khali massacre. Why? Because... You were supposed to be the custodian whose word people would respect. And what were you doing? You were allowing something which was absolute adharma to happen. And when Hindus would retaliate, you were going on fast. The retaliation of Hindu was correct. Why? Because to defend yourself is part of your dharma. So when we look at it like this, we understand that, well, religious intolerance, ideological intolerance... And especially when this intolerance begins to threaten civilizational values, when it begins to threaten human values, forget about civilizational values, when it begins to threaten a nation, just because you want a separate state, because you fancy an external way of life, not you have forgotten the inner. That's what Khalistan is all about. Where is the teaching of Guru Nanak in all this you know, nonsense? Guru Nanak would be the most unhappy person to see that, you know, he who said... You know, astuti ninda dau tyagi khoje tab nirvana. Sadho man ka man tyago, kam krodh sangati durjan ki taase anish bhago. And these people talk about Guru Nanak and his name. Do all this. And then to stay them is part of dharma. Regardless of whatever it is. By whatever means, whatever ways, Sri Krishna made it even more clear. Rama was still... With his humanness, no, I want to use certain means. Shri Krishna says, fundamentally you should be clear whether it is dharma or adharma.
once you are clear that it is dharma by whatever means whatever ways dharma must win because that is what saves a civilization if adharma wins civilization is doomed so this is the way we can look upon many of the recent events from sanatan dharma perspective and what we sh- the do's and don'ts in the light of sanatan dharma namaste